Sunday Gravy. Welcome to Sunday Gravy. This is a podcast based on recent sermons of High Point Community Church, as well as anything else that just happens to be on our mind. If you would like to contact us, you'll find all of our information at highpointcommunitychurch.org or highpoint.community. And now on with the show. All right, welcome to Sunday Gravy. Joey is already dancing in here this morning. So uh, this is Blake, and I'm joined today by uh, Pastor Joey Hill and and Miss Tiffany. And we are are coming to you on Monday, March 20th, 2023, in review of March 19th, 2023, here at High Point Community Church. Mm. How are you guys? Y'all have a good week? Yeah. Yeah, it was a good weekend. It was cold, cold weekend, by the way. Still cold. It's freezing. It is freezing. Like, freeze warning, dogs come inside. It's like January all over again. Yeah. Sorry, I'm yawning. Was that a yawn? Yeah. For real, you yawned on (laughs) On the podcast. (laughs) Nice. It makes it authentic. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, it makes it. If you drink coffee, that wouldn't happen. Yeah. Well, yeah. Did anything interesting happen over y'all's weekend? Um, hats off to Corner High School baseball. They took on the number one team in the state for four A, which would have been Etowah, and run ruled them. Nice. Like put ten, put ten on them, and game over in five. Hmm. How about that? How about that? Congratulations. Yeah. And I and. <laughs> I would have been the one that was you wouldn't have recognized me because I was in that cold and I hate the cold. And when I when I get cold, I get very selfish. And I'm sure there were other people there who could have used my heater, but <laughs> <laughs> I I created my own little fortress, my own little pal- heated palace. And otherwise I wouldn't have been able to stay there and watch it. Yeah. And but you know. You know what I've started to realize as I'm getting older? As it used to, cold didn't bother me. Heat did. Mm. But as I'm getting older, it's the other way around. Hmm. Cold bothers me more, and and heat doesn't. Hmm. What is that? I'm getting like old bones. Cold, (laughs) old frail bones. Is that what it is? (laughs) Old bag of bones. (laughs) What about you, Tiffany? Anything interesting happened this weekend? Not uh, super exciting. We cleaned our house Saturday morning, so there's that. That's podcast material right there. That's great. (laughs) When you have kids, that's an accomplishment, though. Yeah. Uh, No, and Matt's grandmother came and spent the night with us, so that was fun. (laughs) It was awesome to see her Sunday here. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I got to talk to her. She's a sweet lady. Yeah, she is. I didn't meet her. You did not. Shout out to Meemaw. Meemaw. (laughs) Yeah, she did. (laughs) She did show up, and she actually spoke to our small group. Yeah. One of our small groups and stuff. We'll really? talk about that later, but yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Well, y'all got all kinds of stuff going on that I don't even know about. What else you need? <laughs> what did you do this weekend, Blake? <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> what did I do this weekend? That memory failing I did something. Oh, oh, my, my wife's, uh, my father-in-law's sister. So what would that be? Oh, that'd be my, my wife's aunt. My wife's aunt. <laughs> I was going to say it right the first time. My wife's aunt. <laughs> 
they had her 80th birthday party. It was a surprise party. Oh, <laughs> classic. Uh, when the last time you've been to an 80 year old surprise party, though. <laughs> yeah. And she walks in. Easy now. I mean, and it was Easy. like, it was a, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> she genuinely was shocked, though. She genuinely shocked. She walks in and they did like a legit <laughs> surprise party where, you know, she didn't know anybody was coming. Yeah. And, I mean, she walks in, they flip the lights on, everybody's in the dark. Oh, wow. <laughs> the lights on. And I mean, she jumps. And because yeah. I'm like, I, I leaned up in Cass's ear right before she walks in. And they told everybody, you know, everybody shut up. She's coming. <laughs> she's, she's coming. And I leaned up in Cass's ear. I was like, I hope this doesn't end in a medical emergency. <laughs> Like that would have been going down. That would have been bad. That would have been, been bad. bad. Yeah. But no, it was good. To, <laughs> it was good to see. I we don't get to see that side of her family that often, and so it was really good to visit with them. Mm. But they, uh, yeah, had a surprise part. Uh, the surprise part when they surprised her, she like she's in shock. Like I mean, she was le- you could tell mm-hmm. she's like legitimately surprised. Yeah. <laughs> and she she just kind of jumps and she looks around like real wide eyed. And then all of a sudden she scowls on her face and she's like, y'all are all liars. <laughs> what? It, everybody had lied to her about what uh, they were doing that okay. day. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Don't she, you hate those surprise parties where you know the person is like, or you're not sure if the person already knew? And so you're like, did you really know? Right. No, I didn't know. I think you <laughs> I think knew. You figured it out. Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah. I hate those. That, yeah. that was funny, though. She uh, she let everybody I'm glad she it. was thoroughly surprised yeah. and no medical <laughs> no <laughs> requirements. Hey, by the way, I was going to ask, have either one of y'all seen um, the new Ant-Man movie? No, we're going Thursday. Are you really? Yeah. Have, have you seen I it? I have not, and I'm not, I'm not drawn to it. Really? Mm-mm. I like Paul Rudd. I do too. Um, what about the new Shazam movie? You know I'm big on superhero no. movies. <laughs> no, I like I like the first one. So if the second one's like the first one, I'm in. I hadn't looked. Have y'all looked on Rotten Tomatoes to see where it's at? I know uh, that's what this podcast is about. I, just, <laughs> I didn't even realize it was for all out. your movie needs. It came out. Right. It came out. Let's see. Uh, you know the Ant Man movie didn't get super super high ratings on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. At least not from the what percent was it? Uh, well, okay, Shazam from critics is getting a fifty-three, but from the audience, what? from the audience, it's getting an eighty-eight. Hmm. So audience hmm. is like us, us common right. folk. Yeah, common folk. Yeah, common uh, folk. The Ant Man movie, I can't remember what it was. Anyway, I don't know why. Sorry, I didn't mean to just like totally <laughs> sidetrack on that. I've just I haven't <laughs> talked to anybody yet that's seen either one of them, and that's normally huh. not the case. Yeah. Mm. You know, no, normally there's a lot of buzz around these superhero <laughs> movies, and I've been trying to find somebody. So if you're listening and you've seen Shazam <laughs> or you've seen the new Ant-Man, give me a call. Give me a shout. Hit me up. I'd like to know. All right? So I'm about to play a trailer right now as I'm clicking through. I'm not trying to. Sorry. Anyway, I have something <laughs> else interesting to talk about, though. Mm. Say what? I think you guys have probably heard about this right here already. A seaweed blob twice the width of the United States is heading Mm -mm. towards Florida. Mm -mm. No. Mm -mm. You haven't heard about this? No. Okay, so I had not either. And 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 it came up it came up on on a podcast yesterday. I didn't know about this. This is not good because I'm going to the beach next week. Oh no, you're fine. Okay. You're fine. Okay. Um you're fine. Um 
Yeah, so apparently this is a thing that they've been tracking for quite some time, and I didn't know that this was a deal. But I once I learned about it, I was like, we need to be letting people know this, especially around here, because so many people in this general area plan trips sure. to, yeah. the, to the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah. So this is from CNN from day before yesterday. All right. <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> uh, a giant blob of seaweed twice the width of the con- continental United States is headed for the shores of Florida and other coastlines throughout the Gulf of Mexico. Okay, Gulf side. Huh? We're talking Gulf side. Yeah, in the Gulf of Mexico. In the Gulf of Mexico. Yes, threatening to dump smelly and possibly harmful piles across beaches and damaged damage dampening tourism season uh it's called sargassum s-a-r-g-a-s-s-u-m is the specific variety of seaweed and it forms in these large blooms in the atlantic ocean and scientists have been tracking like this particular accumulation of it since 2011 what yeah 2011 and it, but it blooms every year. It blooms and then it dies off, and then it blooms and it dies off. And they kind of track it as it does this. Yeah. But this particular year's bloom is could be by the time it hits the Gulf of Mexico, the largest ever recorded, collectively spanning more than five thousand miles. That's so wild. It uh, it it doubled in size. Hmm. This was the thing that 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 kind of got where it got out of control between December and January, it doubled in size. And uh, let's see, Florida Atlantic University Harbor Branch Oceanographic Institute. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I didn't get that out as quick as I wanted to. But, um, yeah, this it's the largest mass of it that they've ever seen. And uh, this is where it gets interesting. So let me, I'm scrolling down through the art article here so the problems with sargassum arise when it hits the beaches it piles up in mounds that can be difficult to navigate and emitting a gas that smells like rotten eggs mm. so that'll ruin your spring break. they're talking about pile they're talking about as it hits the beach that it will accumulate in piles five to six feet high how about that man when is it supposed to hit not only that, uh, well, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. The, it, not only Slash. that, but but it it comes in such large <laughs> quantities and it blankets the area that it basically sucks the oxygen out of the water and creates what they refer to as a dead zone. So normally, where you would have like seaweed floating, they become natural little habitats for little bitty tiny fish and things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, but but there's so much of it that it sucks all the oxygen out, so it's completely void of it. But it's also can be it's not just a nuisance to people; it can also be dangerous to humans because the gas that is emitted once it piles up on the beaches and the algae begins to rot, and the gas that's emitted is actually hydrogen sulfide, and it's toxic and can cause respiratory what? issues. Murderous seaweed. <laughs> what murder seaweed? <laughs> Uh, also this particular type of seaweed, the flesh of it, like the actual skin of it contains arsenic. No, it mm-hmm. doesn't. Mm-hmm. And it's so it's, it, it's, uh, it's not a lethal amount like, uh, top, like topically when you touch it, but it can be dangerous if it's ingested or even if you use it as part of fertilizer, it can be, it can mm. make the food that's grown from it toxic. Whoa. How about that? That's crazy. Anyway, so so I mean, I I heard you about the oxygen and killing the little fish and stuff, but like overall, does it 
is it at like a net? Does it catch like sharks and dolphins and whales? And is is animal? Does it say anything about animal life being absolutely ravaged by something like this? Well, if it sucks the oxygen out Just of the water, I imagine anything the, that's within the vicinity and yeah, stays there. So where it passes over, it basically makes it very uninhabitable. And so basically fish just scatter. Okay. So but we're it's talking, such a large area that okay. it's like, yeah. But how, how deep is it? That's that's my question. Like, Because in my mind, I was thinking of something underwater coming this way. But you're talking about something that's just kind of floating on the top. and Yeah, the you know, first three to four feet of water. Okay. So. I wonder how that affects like cruise ships or like fishing boats and stuff that are trying to go through where it's currently sitting. Oh yeah. So in Barbados where it's already hit, they averaged they averaged sixteen hundred dump trucks full a day just to make the beaches suitable for tourists. Wow. Like this is a big deal. This is a big, big deal. I sent it to my wife and she always thinks cause because I'm I'm a cheapskate. Sure. And Beach places are just, like, so expensive right mm-hmm. now. I said, hey, by the way, don't plan any beach trips after after July 1st. And she's like, you're lying. Sends back a laugh emoji. Cause I said, don't send, I said, don't plan any beach trips after July 1st because there's a giant, a giant blob of seaweed coming <laughs> towards Florida. <laughs> Which gl- I, I get does kind of sound you like, sh- <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. She thought, yeah. she thought, okay, she sends back a laugh emoji that uh-huh. says, you're lying. And then I, and then I sent her a link to the article on CNN. Mm-hmm. And then she sends back a laugh emoji as to say, and then I you called her. You made that her. up. You just yeah. made that up. Like I just spoofed that. What yeah. do you think I did? Hacked into <laughs> CNN's website and like. <laughs> You know, put that page out there. No, like, this is one of those crazy things at the bottom. You know, like those little banners that you can click on, like clickbait. Where, where are they now? Stuff like that. Yeah, it's just clickbait. That's that's what she's thinking. It says. So the worst part of it is it has to be removed from the beaches because if it isn't, if it isn't, and it sits there and it begins to rot, then as the flesh of it breaks down, which contains arsenic, it can leach into groundwater. Oh no! So mm-hmm. it has to be removed. No. Mm-mm. Isn't that I'm, crazy? So do they have to wait till it hits the beach? Can it not be scooped up while it's some while it's out in the water? Like deep? take some fishing nets out there yeah. and just like I don't know. I guess just because it's such a massive amount of it. So you might remember in 2018 we had somewhat of an issue with this. In 2018 in the Gulf, mm-hmm. they had what was called the red tide. Yeah, I remember, remember that. that. Yeah, the whole red tide thing. Okay, that was the same thing, and they say that. That particular year where everybody complained about the seaweed all year and how terrible it was, and they called it the red tide. And, I mean, people, they started even, like, having uh, memes that would go around about it because, you know, like you went to the beach to visit the seaweed or whatever, all that kind of stuff. Um, That was about a quarter of the size of what's coming. Oh, my goodness. Oh, boy. So I guess that's, I mean, obviously that that means swimming is out. It's expected to hit Florida beaches sometime after sometime during july so there's your time frame okay so they they can't get much more specific because literally it 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 changes very drastically from day to day as far as how quickly it's moving i wonder if it's dangerous as far as like swimmers go like if you get caught up in it that i don't know Hmm. well if it did you say like burns your skin huh did you say something about it burning your skin no Uh, it contains arsenic though yeah in the flesh of it I just imagine you don't want to be swimming in that. I'm just oh, getting no, this picture because you said it earlier. I am getting this picture. Y'all have seen the movie The Blob? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, the old horror movie The yeah. Blob. Yeah. No. 
You've never seen those? That's, no. That's, it's that's old. Yeah. It, she's not old enough. I don't, but watch, I don't watch horror movies anyway. It's culture. Y'all saw it's what happened. Culture. Y'all saw what happened with the sound effect last week. <laughs> that's true. It's not really a... It's not really a horror movie. <laughs> it's not. It's not really. It's not really a horror movie. It's a. Uh, um, I mean, it is a horror movie. It is a horror movie. But it's like it's such a cheesy. horror The movie. only one that got me though in that movie, the only scene that got me was when she made it to the beach and she had beat the blob because it was chasing her, and then it just come out of the water and just pulled her off the beach and sucked her back I know, in. But- that that's the only one that it got was me. kind of an anticlimactic horror movie though because it it moves so slow you know what I mean yeah <laughs> 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 I'm coming to get you so that's kind of like yeah you're that, right that's you what, what I'm saying that's that's the feeling I get with this seaweed coming it's yeah. like I'm coming to get you <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and I, I did I missed a golden opportunity I should have said. I should have uh, read it like this, you know, a seaweed blob twice the size of the United States is heading towards Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, but no, that's, uh, that's, that's true. So just heads up. If you're planning a beach vacation in July in Mm. the Gulf, you may or may not have to deal with this. You know, people shoot the messenger, right? I know. I'm just telling you. <laughs> well, I don't funny. know if I don't know if they're going to hate you for this. I don't know. They're going to blame you if for Span, this seaweed. I don't know if James Spann has like a seaweed map that he puts up. <laughs> I don't know if there's like seaweed watches. If you look right here, warning. we got a we got a hook echo in this seaweed right <laughs> if he here. Takes it's coming. His jacket off. We're <laughs> yeah. in trouble. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. The I don't know. I think so, sh- I, I think he should be in a. A bathing suit when he does. <laughs> no, no. Well, I'll With pass. Suspenders. Hard pass. Swim With shorts suspenders. suspenders. Yes. <laughs> Hard pass. I think James will take that too. So, the, but here's the deal. D- again, so like, don't shoot the messenger. Just, oh. just know that it's happening. And at least I gave you a heads up. So mm. maybe go On out this there. This Monday, March twentieth yeah. at twelve thirty <laughs> p.m. Yeah. Per Blake Wingo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've just given you guys a heads up. So mm. anyway, so speaking of seaweed, let's talk about the message yesterday. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Or drowning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm get. I really am getting better and better at these transitions. You really are. <laughs> so much crushing better. it. So much improvement. Mm. So yesterday, March 19th here at High Point, we did the uh, third part of our series, Incline. Mm. And it was all about spiritual growth. As in the whole series. It's about spiritual growth. Yes. Right. It's right Uh, in. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) But um, you started off with an illustration, or not an illustration, with a question about LeBron and MJ. Yeah. Because for those who weren't here, he he posed the question, if you had an opportunity to go to a free clinic, a free basketball clinic, say you wanted – your goal in life was to be a professional basketball player and you had an opportunity to go to a free clinic that was put on by LeBron James and Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. And then you got there and then they offered you. So first off you got offered a ticket for the, for the big general assembly Assembly there. But then you also got offered a ticket while you were there. You got an opportunity to say you can skip the general assembly but you have to go to a – or not have to. You can you, upgrade you your can tickets. Upgrade it to go to a one-on-one uh, or two-on-one, I guess it would uh-huh. be, in that scenario. You could go to a private lesson mm-hmm. with LeBron and MJ. 
which opportunity or would you take it or would you just stay at the general assembly? Mm -hmm. And so you kind of ask everybody to ask their neighbor that question and then hold on to the answer Mm -hmm. till the end. Uh, First off, I got to know though, since you threw it out there, Mm -hmm. I, I think I, I found it kind of funny that you included LeBron and MJ because it's like you were trying to be all inclusive there. Because mm. because it's such a point of disagreement. It so, really, mm. so are you ready to go on record and say who the GOAT is? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I grew up in the 80s. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, like, I'm sitting around, like, even now, watching guys like Brandon Miller for Alabama, you know, do one of the prettiest slam dunks I've seen in a very long time. And it's very Michael Jordan-ish about it. And so... For me, like even now, when I see something good, I will go, "Wow, that looks like Jordan." Mm-hmm. Like he is my he mm-hmm. is my go to comparison. So obviously, obviously, it's going to be Michael Jordan. He is the goat. I got gotcha. you. Mm-hmm. I uh, LeBron's not in my top two. <laughs> I'm gonna start a five. I've, <laughs> I'm starting to fight with some of these. Yeah, haven't you already had this conversation on Unclever? And Mm-mm. y'all haven't really. Mm-mm. I could have swore mm. you guys. Mm-mm. Okay, we talked about it. It's too contentious. <laughs> we can't talk about it without especially without especially paperwork. on the left side of the church down front. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you better not bring it up over there. There's some paperwork that would have to be signed. Like we, there's stupid. about five rows of them. Like you may not come out of that crowd. I uh yeah. Anyway. I won't get into it, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think LeBron's in my top two. Mm-hmm. I think I'm not going athletic ability and as a physical specimen, absolutely. When you say the greatest of all time basketball player, I, I think I mean I definitely have MJ and, prob, and probably Kobe above him. Mm-hmm. Like I just do. Mm-hmm. I just do respect just for the passing. I just I just have them both above him. So what you're saying is LeBron couldn't dribble his way out of seaweed. <laughs> <laughs> so talking about goats, you uh you you got into you're basically talking about people that you admired though, right? People you admire in like whatever particular area, people you admire spiritually. Mm-hmm. You brought up the instance of a, a guy that you knew that memorized the entire Bible. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna call foul on that, man. No, that's insane. It's real. Mem- really? and in it's real. Trend, I was there. I saw it with my own eyes. Wait, wait, wait. And I heard it with my own ears. Was he like? Was he like severely autistic, or like was he like a? He probably type had thing? a a photograph like man. a Rain Man type thing. Yeah, maybe. He, and no, he didn't act like Rain Man. <laughs> Why is that bad? Why is that bad? Me, <laughs> fifty-two matches. Fifty-two matches. Turn to your Bibles, Romans twelve. <laughs> No, it was not. Rain I didn't Man. say that. You did. I no. I'm just asking because, like, sometimes people that they're if if well, I don't know, I don't know, like medically or scientifically what's going on there. I'm just saying I know that sometimes that that people who have uh, who have that type. I don't. I don't even. I don't even know how to refer to this because I don't want to get know. like blacklisted. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But no, I, no, no. Like it's. I know sometimes when people have that, they they're like it's like they get an extra measure over here when yeah. it comes yeah. to. Cause so, so for the for the listener. Okay. All right. The story was when I was 19. I went to a student conference and there was a guy in his 50s up on stage, and he had the entire Bible memorized, and his whole thing was building or telling kids to have a relationship with the Bible. So he he would ask kids from the crowd 
just come up, throw any book, any chapter, any verse, and I'll recite it. Mm-hmm. And he would did that for a little bit. And then when he blew my mind was when he when they started doing it from that point forward, he would say which translation. Yeah. And he would crush it, like not miss a yeah. word. It definitely sounds more like a photographic memory to me. It has to be. I don't know. There was this guy. And maybe there weren't as many translations back in the early 90s as there are now. And so he only had to have a few, a handful. But But still. Still. That's Uh, nuts. I I watched a documentary one time on, he was a guy who had, uh, he was was autistic and Mm -hmm. he was a musician. He could, he played the piano Mm -hmm. and he could hear a song. I mean, obviously I know, I know a lot of people who can hear a song one time and then play it. Right. I, I personally know a lot of people right. that can do that. But this guy could hear a song one time and then you could you could 15 16 years later you could say, "Hey, play da 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 by the Beach Boys or whatever." You know what I mean? You could just name a song and then immediately plop, he would plop, just plop, do plop, it. Plop. He just starts banging it out. Yeah. That's awesome. And it would be so it would be like, um, you know, he could recognize pitches and stuff, mm-hmm. so he had an amazing musical ear, but he also had a photographic memory to go along with it. Yeah. And uh, so he's like a savant, basically. Oh, okay. So, yeah. anyway, I think that guy, had, he had to have had a touch of that. He did. He did. So. But he got me fired up at 19. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I'm, by the time I'm 60, I'll have the entire Bible memorized. <laughs> and uh, And here I am at 52, and I'm here to tell you, I have one chapter memorized. Yeah, one chapter out of the Bible. That led to kind of one of your first points was, uh, you know, that spiritual growth is hard, right? Yeah, Um, yeah. You talked about how even Paul struggled with it. You read a verse from uh, 1 Corinthians where Mm -hmm. he essentially talked about beating himself into submission over it, right? Trying to discipline himself. So he wouldn't be disqualified from the prize. Mm -hmm. He didn't want to be be two-faced. He didn't want to speak out of both sides of his mouth. and. And in order to make his private life match up with his public life, he really talked about how he had to make his own body a, a slave. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, you know, that I, I think that that is a very valuable lesson for people is to realize that. And I tell my kids this all the time. You know, yes, we have an enemy. We have a roaring lion who, you know, seeking whom he can devour. We have a we have an enemy that hates the fact that we can get guidance from a holy God. However... However, most of the time, our biggest enemy is ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so I tell my kids that a lot. Like, you've got to fight yourself. Like, you've got to, you know, you got to be willing to get up and do battle and declare war on yourself. Otherwise, you will mess yourself up and you will disqualify yourself. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, don't don't let me glaze over anything. I've just got I got a lot of kind of like big header points here. Yeah, that no, stuff that stuck out to me. But yeah. if I glaze over something you want to you want to drill down on, just yeah. go for it. Um, one of the next things I've got in regards to that was uh, I thought this was a really really strong point. Talking still continuing talking about spiritual growth is you said don't mistake spiritual knowledge for spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. That's come up several times on Wednesday nights for us recently in mm. our study in the Book of Romans is. You know, kind of just our our thirst to full our, fill our heads full of knowledge, and then mistakenly thinking that thinking of that as growing as a disciple yeah. in Christ, you know yeah. that kind of thing. So, it's a uh, you, you said something to the effect of only when we've learned um, to become, or only how, how did you, you say want me that? to read it? Yeah, I, I got it. it right here. 
learning about God and what He desires of yeah. our lives is not spiritual growth unless what we have learned becomes who we are That's and it. what we do. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. That's exactly what you're getting. At. Like own it. Yeah. Own it. Like don't just read it, own it. Yeah. And I cuz I I think what I was battling there and I feel like we've got that a lot too. And I know I know people pick on millennials a lot, but I'm telling you I don't think it's generational. I think it's across the board. People are looking for this relaxed kind of atmosphere where you're you're kind of soaking in God, you're experiencing God. And people try to have these moments, you know, with scripture and everything is so clean and stuff. And mm -hmm. I got my coffee here. I got everything in its place. And now I'm going to spend time with God. And I'm not taking anything away from that, but you cannot mistake that for spiritual growth. Right. Like you're just, that's one, that means you prefer to take in knowledge of scripture that way. But growth is done where it's, ugly where yeah. it's messy where it's you know where your scripture gets dirt on it kind of thing and pain painful sometimes painful incredibly painful. uncomfortable yeah yeah you uh, don't want coffee you want you know morphine yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? well that was the uh you said in regards to that you said you know real real spiritual growth looks like a roller coaster right it's not mm. it's not just like like, you know, like you're saying, it's not, yeah, getting, having the quiet time in the morning is great, mm -hmm. that sort of thing, and mm -hmm. we encourage everybody to do it, but, you know, everybody kind of wants to create that utopia, that padded room in mm -hmm. which they grow spiritually, but the truth of the matter is we grow spiritually through uh, tremendous, we grow tremendously spiritually through ups and downs in life as well. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Y'all ever listen to Jen Ledger from Skillet? Her music, like her solo stuff. Oh yes, she's yeah. got a song called "Ruins," and she says in this, like the main chorus of the song is, "You left me in ruins, ruin mm. me again." Mm. I like it. Yeah, um, like it. The, it made me think about when you're telling when you said that. You know, that's illustrated so well throughout Scripture in terms mm. of like uh, biblical characters. You mm. think about the life of somebody like uh, like Elijah. Mm. And the ups and downs of his life, mm -hmm. um, or David, David, and the ups and downs of his life, and everything that he that, that those type of characters mm -hmm. go through in life, and it reminded me. I actually uh, did a message on that one time, where I talked about because you, you know talking about spiritual growth being on a roller coaster, it's like ups and downs. Mm -hmm. Where <clears throat> I drew out kind of the ups and downs. I'm pretty sure it was on the life of Elijah's, the one we were talking about. But, you know, he, he does this, and he's on a mountaintop. But mm -hmm. Then he's running for his life, and he's scared, and he's hiding in mm -hmm. a cave. And then he does mm -hmm. this, and he does this. And you could do the same thing with David, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like, you know, this is a big up, and then this is a big down. And then this is kind of a little up, mm -hmm. and, then a, and then a little down, and then another big up, and then a little down, and then a big up. And it, so it's zigzag, all, you know, like a roller coaster. Yeah. But then when you zoom out, the kind of the big, like, Tada moment at the end was like if you did that on a whiteboard and you pinpointed all these when you zoom back and you back way up, it almost looks like a uh, like an EKG, like an echocardiogram. It looks like a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. And how it's like that, means you're alive. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it's it's God's and kind of the 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 point or the illustration there was that's that's God's rhythm in our life. That's God's heartbeat in our mm -hmm. life. Is like you're gonna you're going to face you're going to be on mountaintops and then in deep deep valleys but recognizing that when you if you could back way up if you could see from his perspective mm -hmm. and see his heartbeat in that way if you could back up and see his perspective you would realize that there's 
absolute design in all those difficulties. Sure. And all those trials that you're facing and stuff sure. like that. And so that was anyway, that's and, what it reminded me of. Yeah. When you talk and I, I want to just clarify that too, because I think that what you said um, is not only powerful, but it's, it's very common. Like people, people have heard that enough. It's been preached to them enough. And so like, 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 yeah, you see like a, like an EKG, you know, mm -hmm. like you can kind of see this heartbeat type thing and stuff. And like, I'm, tr I'm actually getting into my message for next week. Um, when we close this uh, series out, but ultimately what spiritual growth is and in the series is entitled incline. It's looking at what, what incline is the slope of spiritual growth on. Um, it's what people need to understand is yes, it has highs. Yes, it has lows, but if you're doing it God's way, okay. And you are walking in his ways and you're trusting him for the outcome, trusting him for the strength and trusting him for the performance, then you need to know something for there to be spiritual growth. Growth means you're going to have higher highs mm -hmm. and you're also going to have higher lows. And as you continue doing that, eventually you're still going to have lows and you're going to feel like, oh, but now your low, your lowest low is a lot higher than what your lowest low was when, you know, 10 years ago, because mm -hmm. you've been walking in his ways and you've been growing spiritually and you're eating meat, not, you know, kind of getting off milk kind of thing. And so I don't know if y'all remember doing this in, in school, but, you know, there's a median in between all of that. And when you plot that median and then you step way back and look at it, even though it looks high, low, high, low, high, low, it is actually inclining. Mm -hmm. It's actually going up. And that's kind of the mindset behind this entire series. And mm -hmm. so you'll get a lot more on that Sunday if you come. So there you go. There's a little right. sneak peek. The, um, the next um, kind of big point was uh, that spiritual growth is highly impacted by how much we're willing to be uncovered. And that's where mm -hmm. you got into talking about the discipleship funnel. Mm -hmm. and how a discipleship funnel is exactly the opposite of like what you would normally be accustomed to way the funnel a funnel looks right, right. it flows from the bottom up instead of from the top down and uh that's when you got into this uh the the thing about the numbers right how in you read from mark mark chapter 3 verses 7 and 8 mm -hmm. and uh talking about the crowd and mm -hmm. man, he says some really good stuff there in terms of uh the value that's present when somebody just shows up in yep. terms of their spiritual growth yeah. Like discipleship, spiritual growth, whatever. If just the, there's so much value in just showing up and being yeah. there. And we've talked about that a ton internally oh, yeah. here, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to staff and volunteers and things like that. And, you know, we'll have people that approach us that are interested in getting into ministry. Some may be vocational ministry. Maybe some are just interested in taking more of a lead, like mm -hmm. a, like a lay leadership role. And one of the things that we talk about so much is like, exactly what you said in the message 80 percent of it is showing up showing up like you need to be the person standing there when we you know somebody turns around right yeah and anyway yeah, yeah there's danger in being in the crowd but th at this point in the message i wanted people to see the value of the crowd right you know because not everybody that day was on the street following Jesus and watching him heal or being or hearing his teachings. There was probably one street, two street, three streets over. There's probably a marketplace going on and people doing their daily lives and missing out on Jesus altogether. And so mm -hmm. there's something I just wanted our our people to understand that Jesus always drew a crowd and he always used the crowd. Right. And mm -hmm. and and people who were there, even if they were there for the wrong reasons, um, 
at least they were there. At least they showed up. And that's 80% of the battle. Yeah. Yep. And the, the danger, though, that you referred to is in the fact that you can be camouflaged as part of a crowd. Like yeah, you can a dis- crowd provides good cover. Yeah, yeah. you can disappear. and uh, Especially if you don't want to be changed or challenged or anything like that. That's what I was going to say. So many people do that intentionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's something that in, in ministerial circles, it's really easy to fall victim to the idea that, well, you know, well, it must be nice. That church over there, they got all this and they got all that. You know what I mean? Yep. To play, I, you know, you a long laundry list of excuses or blame, you know, blame, blame game or whatever on pointing fingers like, well, they're able to do this because of this, 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 and this. Yeah. It's real, real and that's why to, they're, it's a bigger church and they're worth the 40-minute drive over there. Right. You know? And so it's very, very easy to fall victim to that. But one of the reasons is because, um, you know, it's it's not it's not an opinion here. This is like a fact. Mm-hmm. Big churches get bigger easier because of exactly what we're talking Absolutely. about. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that's a fact. That, yeah. that that's a studied fact that when once you reach a certain critical mass, then things kind of begin some things, not everything. The 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 entire um being of the organization begins to change in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's the biggest problem of biggest churches is they're trying to figure out how to get smaller, right. and they can't mm-hmm. do it. That's right. And so they're, don't get me wrong, big churches and small churches, they all got problems. They just put on different clothes is Absolutely. all that it is. Absolutely. So, uh, but in bigger— And they do have small groups. They do, mm-hmm. and they try to get smaller that way and everything, but they cannot stop the inflow of people using them for camouflage. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, and that's why big churches sometimes get bigger in terms of their attendance. But I think what a lot of pastors, like what Joey, what Joey's talking about here is you talk to pastors, and we do ta- pastors in large churches, and they'll tell you, like, like he's saying, we're mm-hmm. struggling to get bigger. In other words, we're struggling to get our people to— Dig in deeper. We're get we're struggling to get our people to entrench, you know, entrench to themselves. Be discipled, yeah, to, yeah, to be discipled. You so. know, I listened to Francis Chan talk one time about just that, like how he had that mega church, and I think mm-hmm. it was one of the first, or maybe the first, like mega church in America, and that's why he stepped away and went to making smaller churches and broke it down, is because he realized this isn't how church is. Like it needs, we need these smaller groups. We need this discipleship, this close relationships. Mm. Yeah. Uh, no, I definitely wasn't one of the first mega churches, but it was, uh, it, his church was, uh, uh, in Sim, uh, Cornerstone Simi Valley, but it was, uh, it was one of the, it was one of the more successful churches in that general area. Very, but at the same time. And he came. went through growing pains with them. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And yeah. There was a yeah. lot there, but, yeah, no, I mean, in that you see that from a lot of guys that are in that arena, they they prefer the smaller, you know, scenario because they feel like it's more biblically accurate, just because of the fact that there's more of that one on one kind right. of thing, and yep. it's easier to attain, so to speak. But um, and that's kind of really what this whole message was about is about getting mm-hmm. from the bigger to smaller. That's mm-hmm. right. The yep. next step in that funnel, speaking to that, is is from. Uh, you read some a passage out of Luke ten, but you talked about going from the large crowd to the seventy two, yeah, right? and the seventy two kind of being called out. Um, Do you know my daughter, who is pretty astute in scripture, and I mean my oldest daughter, she told me Sunday she had never she never read about the seventy two. She wasn't aware of the seventy two, and oh, I really? went really, and she was like, yeah, that was that was like 
well worth coming to church for right there. And I was hmm. like, okay. Hmm. It's interesting. interesting. Um, what you assume, right? Right. Yeah. Do, the, probably the, the strongest point I felt like you made in regards to the 72 was, uh, you know, the, the fact that it's still a crowd uh, and some people will still attempt to hide in kind of that step. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's smaller, but it, it's smaller. And then and therefore, yeah, therefore it's able to have a mission, a purpose. Yeah. So yeah. I felt like that was a really good point. There's, um, uh, and you use that mm-hmm. as a platform to talk about um, an opportunity for that specifically here. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously the crowd would be like coming on a Sunday uh, morning, Sunday morning mm-hmm. type of thing. The, the message had a very uh, um, uh, for your living room kitchen kind of feel to it. You know oh, what I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah. So that was a, uh, yeah. Anyway, but I just didn't want to get everybody fired up to go nowhere. Like, yeah. I really wanted them to feel like there was an application for each one. No, of that, those. and yeah. that's the thing. That was the thing that what I'm referring to, if you're listening, is there was a, there was kind of an old ministry model. I say old ministry model, I guess they still follow it, that was made popular. Uh, in Atlanta by uh, Andy Stanley at North Point mm-hmm. Community Church, but they used to follow a four-year living room kitchen model where basically every one of the places that you would attend or come in the church related to yep. one of those areas. Yeah. And so uh, like in a house, you come into the four-year, that's like walking into the er- into a big service. But yeah. then when you when you got invited in into um, the living room, it's like, okay, now our, now our relationship is a little different. Deeper. I'm not yes. just deeper. I'm not mm-hmm. just greeting you. We're having conversation. So that would be like some of their, uh, their bigger group type things, larger, mm-hmm. larger assemblies or ministries within. And then you would have the kitchen, which is where mm-hmm. now we've retreated into the kitchen because now we're making dessert after dinner and mm-hmm. you've been here a long time and we're having a real conversation. That would be like the small groups. Yeah. And so that was kind of the flavor. Yeah that the message had to it going from the crowd to the 72 and then in Mark chapter four to the 12, where mm-hmm. he calls out the disciples and uh, you talked about how he taught them away from the crowd, right? Not just mm-hmm. in, you know, th- in other words, they're getting teaching that nobody else is getting. Yeah. Right. And uh, m- you, uh, one of the, one of the notes I had here is that you're much more likely to be exposed, I guess, uncovered. Yeah. If you're part of that 12, than you are, if you're part of the 72 or especially as part of the crowd and Mm -hmm. the, um, you know, the parallel for us here would be in a, in a small group in an onsite Bible study. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Cause it was in that, that particular group where like, especially like, I think I use the example of Peter as you know getting exposed you know and right. lord lord i'd never deny you and mm-hmm. jesus says you'll deny me three times where you hear the rooster crow right and that was a game changer for peter mm-hmm. you know especially when you see him come back on the day of pentecost and preach that message and all those thousands you know come to know christ so um yeah i just think it's important for people to understand that 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 life change can really take place in these smaller groups. I think I think a lot of people can have a bad concept of Sunday school. Like you mm-hmm. know, maybe you did have a bad experience. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because a lot of people don't even understand the history of Sunday school. You know, like where did it come from? And it was basically birth birth out of this need that people didn't know how to read. And so Sunday school. That's why they called it school because they were trying to teach people how to read. And in order to read the scriptures. So it was kind of hard to, you know, push people to read scriptures if they didn't know how to read. And so that's how it all got combined, so to speak. 
And so obviously Sunday school has taken on whole new, you know, different, you know, clothes and, you know, they call them different things. We call them here on-site groups because it means we're basically doing Bible study here on campus mm-hmm. um, because we do have some that are off-site, off-campus, and those are home groups, but, um, and we don't have a ton of those, but we we do have on-site Bible studies, and it's a great place for people to come and do life together. I'm just thinking of one particular family that's going through a hard time. Death is probably in, you know, somewhere coming you know, and I'm not saying soon, but it's coming. And but they're the way their Sunday school or their onsite group is coming behind them and supporting them and, and walking with them and the, just doing life together. I think that's just that's where you're going to find those Peter moments where you're just be like, uh, oh, you're exposed, and and that becomes that's that messy part that I was talking about where spiritual growth really takes place. Yeah, for sure. From there, the funnel kind of moves up. Keeps going, <laughs> almost, almost to the last one. Gets tighter. Uh, yeah, Mark, it's getting Mark tighter. chapter five, verse thirty-seven. You talked about the essentially the three, the inner circle, right? Yeah, Peter, James, and John, mm-hmm. and talked about how you know they're present in places that the twelve aren't present. They're right. present, you know, in the Garden of Gethsemane. They're man, I slaughtered that word. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're present in the garden. Okay, in the garden. <laughs> I always have trouble and with Gethsemane. With me. Say it. What? Guess. Say it. Gethsemane. Thank you. Gethsemane. I'm having a hard time getting it out. Mm-hmm. Guess. Uh, also, the Mount of tra- you know Mount of Transfiguration. Transfiguration yeah. Um, you used an example. I thought that was a really good practical example that mm. you used about the lady at the ballpark mm-hmm. that came up to you. Mm-hmm. And in other words, just looking for an opportunity to drill down into a into a very very small group. Uh, a lot of guys like to refer to this as a foxhole. A foxhole. Who's in your foxhole yeah. kind of thing. So yeah. drill down into that very small group of um, of people that are going to, that you're, re- you know, you're doing life with this group of 12, but you are really, really doing life with this group of yeah, three. Yeah, it's like two or three people three or you've four, given, yeah. yeah, you've given them permission to call you out. Right. Like to, to it's more of a accountability group type thing. But most definitely, that's when that biblical knowledge that you're learning really becomes who you are and what you do. Mm-hmm. It's that's where it's highly transformative in that group. Yeah, and you, like I said, the the good practical example that you used was this a lady that attended the church, attended, you know, did, she, did you say, she yeah she, she attended, attended our church, uh-huh. okay, and you said you ran into her at the ballpark and she was just kind of complaining, you know, jokingly, I guess, complaining about how she lived at the ballpark. She's tired of being up there every night, that sort of yeah. thing, which we all do that. Yeah. We all joke yeah. like that. And then she said, um, I really like to grow spiritually. And then she used that as you encouraged her to use that as an opportunity to find a few people. And they did, and they started coming together and just talking about spiritual things and mm-hmm. her having a Bible sitting study, a pit, whatever. Sitting on a picnic table while the kids are practicing ball. And right. they just sat there and just, dug down and they because they were forced to be there Mm -hmm. um it really created a good opportunity to hold each other accountable they'll be like hey how'd it go yesterday when you had us pray for you know you were going to go and do your boss and call him out or whatever you know how'd that go it's that kind of stuff where you really begin to see stuff transform for you right yeah so that was the three, and then so here's where I had a funny moment in the middle of the message, okay. or not in the middle of the message because we're getting towards the end of yeah, it. Yeah, this is the end. You yeah. said, um, so I'm sitting beside my middle daughter Bella, mm-hmm. and of course we went crowd seventy two, twelve, three, mm-hmm. and then she looks at me and she goes, "Is the next one one?" <laughs> and I was like. Ah! 
<laughs> I just kind of looked at her like, you are such a goofball. And then and she just grinned and she's like, is it? Is it? And then, and the, <laughs> because you, she, you, well, you already know all the answers. Right. Probably. Like right. I know all the answers. Like <laughs> yeah. I know exactly what Joey's going to say. And then I would be like, well, let's see. What are the options? <laughs> Two, one, or zero. zero. <laughs> you tell me. Where are we going next, Belle? <laughs> And and then right about that time, you you said you said you were Luke Luke chapter five verse one, and you read it, and it was the one, right? Uh-huh, the, so, one. the one. Uh, Bella was so excited that oh, she guessed that she correctly. She guessed correctly, and I was like, <laughs> it was such a it was such a a Tyson Hill moment oh, yeah. of like I'm grinning because I got it right, and I'm like, what? in the world is happening right here but she uh she was grinning and uh and then she I and then I I literally I'm taking notes on my phone I put Bella was excited that she guessed one correctly <laughs> in my notes to talk about here yeah, on the podcast yeah. and then she lit up even more she said you're going to talk about uh, it on the podcast <laughs> Oh, uh, so oh yeah. yes. Uh, Bella knew that after three, Joey was gonna Good say go one. one. <laughs> so let's get that out of the way. She was way ahead of the curve on that one. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't think he was going from three to two or from three to zero. That's it. <laughs> That's it. it. God is the God of zero. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that just does not have a good ring. Now to I could it. come out of Matthew ten thirty nine and make a case for zero. <laughs> yeah, you know, he who seeks to save his life will lose it. But, but uh, anyway, you talked about though how when Jesus would talk to the crowd, he also talked to the one, right? Yeah, and uh, yeah, you came back from there to the LeBron and MJ illustration, and and essentially, obviously, everyone in the room, for the most part, was like. Yeah, I would absolutely take the private lesson. Because yeah. you'd be mm-hmm. crazy. You'd be crazy not to take the private lesson. So kind yeah. of that that I mean, it's it's really a dumb question. Yeah. So the uh the whole point there was so you know, why would you choose the general assembly? Why would you choose only the general assembly mm-hmm. when Jesus is asking for one on one, right? When he's asking to go, yeah. Why would you give up an opportunity to be in a room with two goats that that most people can't agree on who's who's the real goat? Why would you not be in that room and have them break you down and be able to look at you and call you out on your dri- you know your dribbling or whatever your mechanics are to break you down and build you back up? Why in the world would you not? Uh, you would you would choose to be in a room with those guys and let and you would listen and whatever tweaks they want to make to your life you would do it you know just because they they have accomplished what your your goal is and then then the question was but they aren't the goats you know there there is one goat and he died on a cross for you and he rose again for you and he ascended to heaven for you and now he leaves the counselor, the Holy Spirit inside of you. That's the go. And why would you choose to just hang out in the general assembly and think that that's good enough for you? Mm-hmm. If the goal is to grow and to be more like Christ, then why not get in the room with the goat, mm-hmm. you know, and let him break you down and transform your life in the way that would glorify him? So that was the idea. That was the illustration. Cool. That was where it wrapped up. Mic drop. 
<laughs> so what else uh what else did we have going on uh monday or sunday or what else do we have going on y'all y'all fill me in i don't know what do we have going on well as joey announced as part of the sermon we've got a serve day coming up april 29th yeah that's a saturday a lot of opportunities there we've already got um families lined up we'll be able to do yard work for them a lot of folks that have like medical type you know um restraints on them to where they can't go out and you mm-hmm. know clean their gutters out get stuff you know there's a lot of things that land on people's roofs if you just don't get it off it's going to deteriorate and potentially mm-hmm. rot you know mm-hmm. and stuff like that so just going around doing uh yard work but uh we'll also do some stuff for the school local schools and uh just you know there there might even be stuff around here that we could get you involved in but it's just a a great way to get out of the crowd and get into the 72 and uh really uh you know work with a purpose there yeah. so yep yeah and to be up to date on all of that um check out our app if you'll go into the resources section there's actually a button for the first hand serve team if you'll get on that list it's basically just like an updates list we'll get in touch with you and let you know um anytime we have a serve day or anything yeah. like that coming up that's the so. missions vip list right yeah yeah, yeah. So. so anything else um we've got i know we've got um Let's see, next week is so we have regular we have Wednesday night regular this yeah. regular Wednesday nights this week. So come out and join us for that. We got kids, students, uh, adult Bible study, Project Twenty Eight, all that's mm-hmm. going on. The following Wednesday night is uh, spring break week. Yeah. So yeah. for Jefferson County, uh, so we we will not be having Wednesday night service on March 29th. Mm-hmm. So March 29th, there'll be no Wednesday night, but then we'll be right back after that. So, That's right. And we yeah. won't be here on that Monday to do this podcast. So you'll yeah. have to wait till the following Monday to get your Sunday gravy. Yeah. So we won't. Yeah, we won't be back for Sunday gravy until April 3rd. April. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, April yeah, 3rd. So right. they, they've got, we do have a baby dedication coming up on the 2nd. Mm-hmm. So I think there's still time to get in for that if somebody hears this and you're not. Um, anything yeah. else? There's that. There's uh, the, Easter services. Yep, April 9th, 9 and 1030. Mm-hmm. 9 and 1030. No also have egg day. hunts that day. Have the egg hunts that day. Good, great egg venture that afternoon. Yes. I tried to explain that to my daughter. And her boyfriend, I mean, not, not to my daughter, but her boyfriend yesterday. And he was like, and when I said, it's kind of like geocaching, but you don't use your phone other than like to find it. Like you use tips from your phone to find it. Mm-hmm. And he went, oh, when he got it, he was like, and what are the prizes? And when I told him, he went, oh, I'm in. <laughs> like the look, <laughs> the look on his face was like, oh, I'm in. Like I'm going to have my, I'm going to have my tank f- Fueled and filled and ready. Yeah. He's the, ready to go. Sitting in the center of corner. <laughs> yeah. Waiting on a clue. Sitting on G. Ready. I do. I want to do one at some point where I have the, we have an Easter bunny costume somewhere. Oh, I know where it's at. Do you? Yeah. What is it like at your house? No. I don't want to know about that. I think it's up there. Yeah, hey, we'll get it together here in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Joey, I, I, Joey, I, I, Joey. I, I, I have no words. <laughs> I, how do you come back? Joey's from that? got our Easter Bunny costume <laughs> stuffed <laughs> under his bed. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I'm. 
I'm I'm sinful, man. This would be a good time to recite scripture. <laughs> Blake's uh, depravity is coming out. Uh, all you Bible study people. I have tears coming out of my eyes right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. The, uh, <laughs> I want to do, back to my what I was going to say, yeah, is let's, I, I want to do a hint one time that leads people to a general location, but it mm-hmm. also says, like, when you get there, you got to wrestle the Easter bunny. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm out there in the costume running around. And uh-huh. essentially, the first person to bring me down gets the egg. Gets the egg. <laughs> that would be fun. Even better, hide it somewhere and then hide as the Easter Bunny and jump out and like chase after them when they get the egg. I think, I think what you do is you get the fastest person in church, put them in that costume. Oh, yeah. And put them like at a ball field somewhere and just say, when you tag him. Yeah. When you finally get your hand on him, that's when you get the yeah get yeah. the clue that, uh, a clue to where the egg is. That would be good. Get, yeah, get one of these young guys and put them in an Easter Bunny costume. We got some track stars, right? <laughs> high school track stars. I'll go get it from underneath my bed and get it washed. <laughs> no, we we should we put we should put Chris Huff in the Easter Bunny costume and say if you can do more deadlifts than the Easter Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> then you can have an egg. If you meal prep more than, <laughs> if you can me- if you can eat more raw meat than the Easter Bunny. <laughs> if your chicken fried rice is better than Chris Huff, sounds like it just turned into a CrossFit egg hunt. Yeah. Oh, it is. It is. Yeah. All right. Well, so yeah, be on the lookout for all of that. Everything we just said that we don't. I don't remember. I don't either. Anything else? It's all great though. That's it's it. great. Y'all good? It's all great. We're good. All right. All right. We'll see you in two weeks. Later. Sandy Gravy.